better or worse, the relationship between science, film, and media has long been intertwined. We're here to dissect that relationship, turning it inside out for all to see. And throughout the years, one truth has revealed itself. You don't need good science to make a good movie. But it sure makes it better. Hi everyone and welcome to the Real Science Podcast, a podcast where three highly qualified professionals pick a movie and pick part of the science. My name's Kevin Smith. My name is Sean Crossan. I'm Michael Pace. Guys, I am so proud of us. We have managed to get a recording situation set decently. Um, I'm currently sitting in a closet covered with blankets while sitting in a beach chair um, yes. and talking into a microphone sitting on top of a Tupperware. How are you guys doing? I'm doing a lot better than it looks like you're doing. <laughs> Kenan looks like Kenan might as well be in like a tent in the middle of the desert trying to balance his chakras while he's blazing down a bunch of like peyote. <laughs> like that's exactly what it looks like. Y'all fucks know about chemtrails. <laughs> I, I will say, Kenan, I would like to ask how many uh, goats and or sheep did you have to kill to make that blanket behind you? Uh, this, well, I'm, Pace, as you know, I'm a vegetarian. So this one's actually made out of human skin. Well, this is a pretty aggressive tone to take for the intro of the podcast you don't have to eat it you can still kill something and be a vegetarian right no i can also just shear a sheep and lovingly weave a blanket out of their wool yeah they do they do shear sheep they don't actually murder them right away (laughs) that actually seems that seems a lot more economical way of doing it (laughs) yes yes Yes. thank you for establishing how (laughs) agriculture works since the dawn of time i think i would usually just probably sacrifice the animal in some sort of ritual and then use the use the blood to like Mm -hmm. i don't know do well on a test or something that sounds very on brand for you so you're doing all right yeah it's about about as good as i normally am (laughs) yep (laughs) thanks you're going okay I'm I'm doing great. Just a little more uncomfortable every time he says something to me now. But you know that's just the way it goes. I just hope I don't wake up sacrificed for a test or something. But you know. Well, yeah, but like, what if what if I got like an A or something? And it was only because I used Sean Crossan's blood because he's a doctor, Doctor Sean Crossan. That's true. You do have power. That would not make it any better. You have Are power you sure? in your blood now, though. Mm, no, I don't. <laughs> that's fair. If you, if you guys want, we can back out of this really weird bit that we're doing right now and I, I talk about the movie. Wait, you don't want to talk about Pace sacrificing animals? You'd rather no, like stay no, on no, topic? No, 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 no. I do want That's... Pace to talk about if the authors have any disclosures for this episode, though. We are the authors of this episode, and we do have some disclosures. The first is that we are going to break down some of the minutiae of the science in this film. It's what we do as science boys, and we also will, will probably curse a bit. So hide your, hide your babies and put them in a closet where they can't hear us. Piss. Unless they can hang. Unless they can hang. I loved that while I was saying unless they can hang, there was just a subtle piss in the background <laughs> coming from Kevin. Was it subtle? I don't think it was subtle. <laughs> no, just a very, very, like people, you know, had to lean close to their headphones and go like, was that a piss? Did someone just say piss? Now that we're done saying the word piss over and over again, the movie we watched this week was Ex Machina. Yes. Yeah, X Machina. God X damn it. Ma- X Machina. X Machina. Uh, Oscar Isaac was in this film. Okay, well, so yeah, we, we did watch X Machina. Yeah, he was. He was in this one, and he was yep. in the last one we watched, too. He was. He was in Annihilation as Kane. Yeah. But in this one, uh, what was his character's name again? I forgot. Uh, evil uh, Genius number two. Uh, Nathan. Jeffrey. It was Nathan. 
Um, no, it was Jeffert? I don't think nah, it was Jeffert. It was definitely Nathan. Hmm. All right. So, agree to disagree. Is it Nathan Jeffert? No, it's definitely just Nathan. Oh, it's just Nathan? Yeah, it's. Well, I'm not trying to do something right now. It's just which Nathan. is short for... Jeffert. It's, it's short. It's actually short for it's it's short for Nathaniel. If you no, must know, no, it's short for Nathanathan. I'm gonna I'm gonna look up real quick. And see. I hate you. <laughs> Jeffert is an eccentric millionaire, and he builds robots, and um, that's what Jeffert um, does. This movie also uh, um, was starring. Let's Alicia see. Vikander. Alicia Vikander as Ava and uh, Dominic Gleeson, who is also known as Bill Weasley uh, in the Harry Potter films. Oh. And he's also in an episode of Black Mirror that's very good. Um, very nice, very nice, very nice, very nice. Yes. Um, but uh, before we get into this movie. Oh, real quick, fun yes. fact. Also, Sonoya Mizuno is in this movie, and she was also in Annihilation, which we literally just fucking watched. Uh, which who did she play in this film? She played. Uh, I believe she played. Um, what was her name? The was it? Kyo- it wasn't Kyoko, was it? I think it was Kyoko. Yeah. Was it Kyoko? Okay. I mean, none of this should be surprising because Alex Garden did Garland did both movies. So. Yeah, yeah. I think he has some select actors and actresses that he likes to right. insert into his films, like uh, John Favreau and Vince Vaughn. Uh, yep. Did, yep. did he make swingers? Yep. <laughs> oh. I didn't know that. Okay. No, okay, hey. no. This guy didn't make swingers. John uh, Favreau did. <laughs> it sounds like the way you described it that he made swingers. It no! Does. I meant that they're just... Never mind. It doesn't matter. They're best so, friends. So next week we'll be watching swingers. So tune in for that. <laughs> well, that's not true. Please don't believe them when they all say that. All you beautiful babies, tune in. <laughs> all right, yeah. all right. I'm going to be serious now, okay? I'm okay. Gonna Wait, can, I start the, can I just like start the plot? Because I'm really no, good no, at no, the no. plot. No, no, no. I have to do something before we do that. Okay. I would like to thank my father, Jack Crossan, for his suggestion of this movie. He suggested us that we he suggested us that we do it about two months ago. Yep. And he maybe maybe even more. And he would not stop suggesting it. <laughs> but we but it was a good idea. It's a very good movie, and I'm glad we did it. Listen. So thank you. Thank you, Jack, for your suggestion. You done did us real good. Jack, I gotta say, you did us a real good favor. Yeah. Uh, much a much better favor than whoever it was that suggested we watch Contact. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. The trolling never stops. <laughs> oh, love you, Jack. That was, was very good. Bad. I love it. We just my dad is gonna get ready to go to work one day, and he's gonna be all relaxed. Like I'm gonna listen to my son's podcast, and then little little as he know, Kenan's gonna drop a fucking troll bomb on him. Yeah, dude, it's gonna be me <laughs> coming out of the fucking woods with a knife in my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> It's quite the visual. <laughs> All right. Should we right. get into the plot of this movie? Yeah. We should. Pace, we should, like, pace to it. He sounds okay. so eager to do it. Now, this movie was great, and I liked it because it didn't it didn't fuck around. Like, it like just... It, yeah, exactly. We don't fuck around for 10 minutes before we start recording this show. You're right. It was, like, 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we ju- They just jump right in the, into the plot of this film. Um, and so we open up on our boy, Dom McLeeson, and he's mm-hmm. doing some work on a computer and he gets notified. Actually, you guys are going to have to help me with this. I don't know. I don't know the plot of this film. Um, God I kind of figured that was the case. As soon as you just like rocketed it off explaining the plot, I'm like, oh, yeah. Pace doesn't so, remember what happened. I mean, you're, you were correct so far. It does yeah, yeah, open yeah, up yeah. on him. Yes. But he, he's, he's on working on, working on a computer, this company, uh, yes. and he's, he's won something. 
And we're not really made aware of like what he's won. Yes. Uh, but there was some sort of like intercompany contest, supposedly. Um, and he seems very excited by this. And then before we know it, he's being uh, flown off in a hel- helicopter to some obscure location uh, in the middle of the mountains. Yeah, they Jurassic Park him off into the middle of nowhere, basically. They do. They do. Yep. And he's like asking the, the helicopter pilot questions and the helicopter pilot's just like, clearly you don't know what's what's going on here and how secretive uh, this whole uh, happening is. During the helicopter ride, we're made to believe that like, that, that yes, he is going to, going to be go visiting somebody because Caleb, the, the name of the employee, asks him, when are we going to be at his estate? And the guy laughs and goes, oh, we've been over his estate for two hours. Yeah. And so yeah. it's like implied that, that this area where he lives, which is not Ila Nublar, but it'd be great if he did live on the Jurassic Park Island, <laughs> uh, is massive. And wh- whoever this mystery person is keeps to themselves. Did, did you not see the brontosaurus in the background? Just like... <laughs> <laughs> they move in herds. <laughs> they move in herds. He, this dude owns a shit ton of land. A lot, a lot of land. He does. Um, He's like the Monopoly man. Yeah, so our... Our boy, our boy Domnal. Should we just call him Caleb? Let's just call him Caleb. I want to call him Caleb. Let's call him Caleb. Our boy, our boy Caleb gets to the this house in the, just the middle of these mountains, in the middle of nowhere, and the house recognizes him as being Caleb Smith and speaks to him and says, "Caleb, come closer. Uh, give me your face." And so he sticks his face up against the house, and then the house gives him a key card. Right? Yeah, key card. That's very important yeah. in the film. Takes a picture of his face. Yep. Gives him a key card. It does what happens to every single person every time they go to the DMV, and it takes a picture when he's not <laughs> expecting it, and it looks like shit. And then it prints it on <laughs> yep. a card for him. Yep, yep. It's even, even with AI technology that good, it can't detect what a pleasing face looks like for a photo. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? So he gets his key card, he goes inside, and he's looking around, he can't find anybody. He stumbles upon our boy Oscar Isaac, uh, who plays Nathan. Yep, Nathan Bateman. Wow, really? His name is Nathan Bateman? <laughs> 100%. Wait, really? Yeah, 100%. That's his name, Nathan Bateman. That's like naming... That would be like if my last name was like... Like, uh... Jack I don't off. know. Like Schleichel? <laughs> Did you just say Jack off? I don't think that Michael Jack off works very well there. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> I, d- I don't think that would work. I was more thinking of like some sort of fake rhyming word, but you took it to places that I wasn't planning on going. Michael, but no, it's pronounced Yakov. It's pronounced Yak. It's pronounced Yakov. It's a soft J. It's Soviet podcast movie. Watch you. <laughs> or Kenan names you Yakov, and then you wonder like why we're here. <laughs> It's Yakov. It's, it's Yakov. <laughs> oh, Kenan's dead. He's see. Oh. I can't even see him anymore. It's so hot in this closet. That's because you're in the closet, Kenan. Oh, no, I'm not. Trust me. So uh, we come upon Nathan, Nathan Bateman, Nathan Bate Bateman, um, and he's he's working out on his beautiful deck. Uh, and he's, yes. uh, he says that the reason that he does this is because he, he drinks a lot and he likes to exercise and detox the following morning. You can tell as soon as you encounter Nathan, even before you see him, that he is going to be a new age eccentric millionaire. That's yeah, like yeah. the only, like he's, yeah. he's literally out on his porch 
with a fuck like boxing for exercise and he's like yeah i just gotta drink some mineral water now and then he's got this like giant you know jurassic park-esque estate he doesn't it's, he doesn't talk for more than 30 seconds before saying the words antioxidants yeah <laughs> yeah it's very that's, yeah that's how you know he's a millennial jesus <laughs> avocados uh what happens next sean uh, they start to have a conversation, and Nathan really just tries to appear like he's, you know, a normal guy that just wants to be friendly with Caleb. He's trying, it looks like he's trying very hard to make it seem like a low-pressure, not-weird scenario. He addresses him as like, oh, no, he says, hey, can we cut the bullshit for a second? I get it. This place is gr- it's really cool. You're nervous about meeting me, but, like, let's just act like regular dudes. Yeah, and it's very, like... It seems like he's trying to be friendly and just wants to be buddy-buddy, but you don't know what's going on. So as, after they finish this conversation, he's like, let me show you where you'll be staying. It takes him to the bedroom. Uh, that's this like nice, like fancy-looking hotel-style room. There's also cameras everywhere. Yeah. Um, and he explains to Caleb that he has a key card, and his key card will only open places that he has access to. So he was like, if you try it on a door and it doesn't work, then don't go in there because it's not going to open. So he was like, that way you just go and unlock doors. Um, and then he essentially tells him that he was going to reveal why he brought him there, but he needs him to sign a non-disclosure agreement first. Yep. So he, Caleb starts reading the non-disclosure, the NDA, and he's like, this is crazy. Like, it says, like, you can't call anybody, can't do anything. It's not, it's, like, not a standard level NDA. It basically says that at any time, Blue Book, the company that he works for, uh, who this guy, Nathan, founded, which uh, is a, based off of a search algorithm, so think, like, Google, basically. Uh, it basically says that they can audit anything that he uses for communications at any time including written or verbal anything like someone can show up and take his phone and see if he's been texting people about what he what he what he yeah, saw there because they they are trying to keep it on such a super lockdown it's unreal yeah yeah which you kind of get the vibe from the whole atmosphere of the locale yeah yeah, 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 yeah the yeah. whole isolated cabin in the woods sort of thing you don't really want to be found out just sort of the tour at the beginning where they talk about putting uh, frog DNA into uh, scattered dinosaur yeah, DNA. Yeah, at that point, you know, I I didn't know where they were going with this. Tbh. Yeah, it didn't make a lot of sense. It didn't make sense until he took him into his uh, video uh, screening room, mm-hmm. and then we the actually ride. had uh, the DNA strand, friendly DNA strand, actually explained the entire process. Yeah, that was but going on. but the, the problem that happened though, whenever Jake Sully jumped out of the screen, and then he yeah, started that like good. he's he started stabbing stabbing ian malcolm with yeah. a spear yeah and then ian malcolm well, just like was bleeding out everywhere well, it wasn't jake sully really because at that point jake sully was not in the light anymore one of jake's personalities was in the light and so that's why he was acting out like that yeah so the the i think that i think that was actually uh that was genevieve right that was specifically that was his, his alternate like warrior female goddess like vibe sure that he has the, per- the the person who fronts for all those tough situations when you're presented with dino DNA. Yeah, <laughs> thank, thank God. Thank God that the plants killed him before oh my things God, got too yes. crazy. I know. Jesus. Yeah. I know. But the thing is, though, then the plants started growing like humans. Right. And we yep. weren't sure why. Mm-hmm. Luckily, Eddie Murphy was there to show up and arrest all of the plants um, so that they couldn't cause any more problems. And then Dennis Quaid came and saved yep, with Eddie Murphy yeah. from the snow cane that was uh, descending upon right. them. Right, exactly. Yep. Anyway, 
I think that we can now move into maybe once he signs this non-disclosure agreement, right? He's basically sold his life away that he can't communicate anything that happens in this house, right? The next thing he does is take him to go see Ava. So Caleb signs the NDA because he's intrigued by the, you know, prospects of the mystery of what's going on. And as soon as he finishes, um, Nathan looks at him. He's like, good choice. Have you ever heard of the Turing test? And we're going to talk a little bit about the Turing test now because the Turing test is one of the main themes of the entire movie. So Pace, I think, did a little bit of research on it. And he's going to tell you more than I know about the Turing test. Yeah, I mean, it's just a little bit, nothing extensive, but I mean, the, the Turing test is a real thing. Uh, it was developed by Alan Turing back in 1950. Simply put, the, the basic idea is that if a computer, or in this case, artificial intelligence, can engage in just like natural uh, natural conversation in a way that's indistinguishable from a human, then that machine or artificial intelligence is considered intelligent or I think for the purposes of this movie, they kind of refer to it as like consciousness. Um, so it, it just, it just tests uh, a machine's ability to exhibit intelligent behavior that, that if a human were to talk to it, it wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Right. That's the gist. And there's, there's a lot of interpretations of Turing's tests uh, and something that comes up in this movie as to whether or not the person should be able to be exposed to a computer versus a person and know that one is a computer and one is a person and make the comparison. So, because he never explicitly says whether or not they should be able to view that's that the computer is a computer or, or is not a person. Right. A lot of the testing, you know, that I had heard of being conducted, not in this movie, like in real life was generally using like bots for online chatting style things, yep. like to see if their responses mimic what an actual human would do. Right. And this way, you know, you're just getting, you know, written communication from something. So you don't actually know if a person's on the other end sending it or if a bot is. Because I think the visual component was sort of like people assumed, obviously, this is going to sway people's opinions of the intelligence of the machine because we're going to bias it based on the visual like input that we're getting. Yeah, I think it's really interesting this because they bring up as like kind of a, a contention point. Uh, Caleb does to Nathan like hey shouldn't I not be able to see the robot like shouldn't isn't that the point that I don't know what I'm talking to and he's like and then Nathan's like oh I think we've moved beyond that I think we can get to a point to where you should be able to make that assessment based upon your interaction with the robot that made me think of like blind and double blind clinical trials right that people do where the sometimes the, the doctors don't or do know which patient, which, like which clinical trial participant is getting the actual medicine versus fake medicine or right. placebo. And I thought that was interesting. Uh, it made me think about like, what if we applied those rules that they apply in this movie to clinical trials, if that would change the face of clinical trials. But I just thought that was interesting. So blind being what? Yeah. So a double, like, for example, a double blind clinical trial is when neither the patient knows what uh, type of medication they're getting, the real or the fake, the placebo, right. and then neither does the doctor know. They don't know if they're getting, if the, they don't know which patients have gotten the actual drug or not. Got it. You can also do a single blind study to where uh, just the doctors would know which patients got the drug, but the patients themselves would not know. Perfect. Right, and a double blind would remove a level of bias that could be presented exactly. at the doctor level. But I, I think Nathan says in this movie, like, when um, Caleb asked him this, he's like, she would 100% pass 
the Turing test if you were just speaking with her. He's like, yeah. I think he was so confident. He was like, that's not even, he's like, this is child's play. Like, yeah. I built a, yeah. a AI, like, humanoid. Like, we're going to do the whole package. So he, he wants an actual emotional response from Caleb viewing what he presumes to be an AI, presumes to be a robot. And then getting verbal feedback from that robot that seems like it would come from a human. Like, he wants to be able to see that process occurring. Yeah. So the way they do this in the movie is uh, Nathan takes Caleb to a room. So it's got, I guess, like, I don't know, bulletproof glass or something dividing the two rooms. But so people can, you know, the robot and uh, Caleb can see each other fully. It's a robot terrarium. Um, Yes, it's a robot terrarium, but they can hear each other and see each other, but they can't touch each other, basically. Right. Um, and he takes her to this location and then introduces her to Ava. Yeah. Takes him to this location. Takes him, yes. Introduces him to Ava. Yeah. And so basically over the course of this week, Caleb is meant to talk to Ava uh, over like a period of time and ask her whatever questions he wants and interact with her however he wants, provided they're on, obviously on either side of the glass, uh, and then get to know each other so that at the end of the week, he can determine whether or not he thinks the robot, uh, Ava, passes the Turing test and can be considered artificial intelligence. Exactly. Yep. And then Pretty at the much. end of that, the angel can come down and turn her into a real boy. I think it's yeah. the idea. Oh I, god, that was such a bad movie. Yeah, it was a terrible movie. I there was it. there was one interesting quote that I that I noticed. They whenever they were talking about I think the touring test uh before Caleb had met Ava. Um and he basically says, you know, if you could have actually done this, if you create a an AI that's this convincing, then you know, it's not the history of man that you're dealing with, it's the history of gods. Yep. Uh, I thought that was interesting. because uh, it definitely he I mean Caleb, this like very very good coder, is considering the the generation of of good artificial intelligence going beyond the scope of what you know humans maybe should be be able to create. And we get a glimpse of uh, Nathan's narcissism, which no good super genius is complete without. Um, yeah, yeah, where later uh, Nathan is talking about how uh, Caleb is very quotable. And he goes, yeah, I think later when we write this up, we can have the moment where, you know, earlier where you looked at me and you said, you're not a man, you're a god. And Caleb's like, <laughs> I didn't say that. And then he just completely ignores him. <laughs> yep. And yep. he's just like, it doesn't matter. I'm going to write it down. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't matter. That's that's how it was said anyway. Yeah. He's like, that's what I heard. So. Yep. So we go through the next couple days in the movie and he's having, uh, Caleb is having these first few conversations yep. with Ava. And, and also it should be noted that uh, the entire time this is happening, and the first time it happens, it freaks Caleb out. Uh, the power is consistently going out um, in the compound, so the power goes down. Uh, no one is able to leave any of the rooms. The entire place is locked down, and later we get the explanation that this is a safety mechanism because of the power. somebody could cut the power to the place and then just waltz right in and get whatever they want and then leave. So when the power goes out, all the doors are locked. Right, and all the like the uh, every room is flooded in red light when this happens, which gives yep. sort of an ominous... Uh, feeling and all the cameras go down because there is a closed circuit camera system yeah there's a closed circuit camera system throughout the entire house everybody can see what everybody well nathan can see what everybody's doing and caleb can see some stuff yeah yeah which is important because caleb is sorry nathan is monitoring every conversation that caleb is having with ava yep so they're going through these first conversations and they're just kind of getting to know each other so we get to the end of the first day Right. And uh, Nathan is asking Caleb what he thinks of Ava. 
Gil, being the uh, the coder and intellectual that he is, is starting to have going to an analytical moment like I would for any sort of normal everyday situation. Yes. Um, and Nathan's just like, hey, just just cut the cut the analytical side of yourself right now. Just tell me what you how you feel about Ava. That's a common thing throughout this movie is like is the emphasis on human emotion. Yeah. And Caleb's like, I think she was fucking awesome. And then they cheers to that because that's like a good end of the first day. So everything's fine at this point, I suppose. Well, up to this point, we're led to believe that like basically that Nathan is eccentric um, and kind of a yeah. weird dude. But it could yeah. be chalked up to the fact that he lives in the mountains by himself. Yeah, sure. And talks right. to an AI, an AI all day. Exactly. Like he talks to robots all day and does nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Sean. So um, <laughs> that evening, um, Caleb is asleep in his bed, and that's when he experiences the first of these power outages. Uh, he's not sure what's happening yet. Um, he does kind of like leave his room at night once the power outage goes away to f- and goes in a different room and finds Nathan just kind of sitting there drinking at 2.30 in the morning, and Nathan's being very creepy. So we kind of get this weird vibe from Nathan at this point uh, that he's a little just a little off in general. Yeah, Caleb actually goes to pick up the phone during this power outage yeah right after once he can get out of his room and nathan's like who are you gonna call and then he's like i i don't know and he's <laughs> like ghostbusters <laughs> it was very weird was, but in, in a very moment. yeah in a very intimidating sort of like awkward hell awkward, awkward phase yes. yeah yes but, it's very uh, it bad should, it should also be noted while caleb is in his room right before this power outage happens he is watching a closed circuit uh, footage of Ava just in her, just sitting yeah. in her room. Well, he wakes up and he's like, I can't sleep, so I guess I'm going to watch TV. And then he flips it on, and the only thing available to watch is Ava. It's just camera around the house. Yeah, and there's no, there's no audio, just video. So he yep. can see Ava, and then the power is out, and then, you know, the whole interaction happens with the phone and the weird Ghostbusters joke. Yeah. But anyway... Uh, Bustin makes me feel good. <laughs> the following morning, uh, he wakes up. Everything seems to be okay, uh, and he goes into his second day with Ava. Right on this on this this day, of this conversation uh, between Ava and Caleb, uh, they're they're starting to get to know each other a little bit better. Um, and some of the things they talk about, uh, they talk about how uh, how Caleb feels about Nathan. Uh, she asked, you think he's, you know, do you think he's a good person? Is he your friend? She's asking very personal questions. That's one thing we get a lot from her, very, like, personal, what might be considered intrusive questions. Um, and then she asks, you know, is is he your friend? And he's like, well, I'm not sure. We've only just met. Um, I think under the circumstances, it's, like, understandable why she's asking him intrusive questions. Because she does reveal that she's never met anybody else yeah, besides yeah, true. Nathan. True. Yeah, yeah. So they are, you're right, I mean, they are intrusive questions, but I, I guess it, it makes sense in the story, like, yeah, why? Sure. You know? And Nathan confirms, confirms us for, that for us later, that she has never spoken to anyone other yep. than him. Yep. Um, yep. Which is crazy. Um, and she, she also presents uh, this, this drawing to Caleb as well. Uh, and it looks very abstract in nature. It's nothing, like, nothing concrete that we've seen before. And... Caleb is asking her, why, why did you draw that? Why did you choose to draw this? And, she, and, and, and she's asking him, what is it? Because she doesn't know. And she figured he would. Uh, and he asked her to just draw something. Um, and she has no idea what to draw. Uh, and then in the middle of their conversation, 
uh, Sean puts on these glasses and then he just like completely throws me off with the mood that I'm in right now. Uh, and he looks very debonair. After that, uh, the power goes off again and the mood instantly shifts. Uh, and Ava just says to Caleb, do not trust Nathan. He's a liar. Uh, he's not what you think he is. Right. Uh, and Caleb's kind of freaking out because he thinks that, oh, what if Nathan can see us talking about this right now? Right. Yep. Um, and so then it comes back on after that. Uh, and he's just kind of very confused. And then and then she says something nonchalant as if nothing happened. And then they kind of end their conversation, uh, which is a little suspicious. Right. It's it's I mean, but it's definitely like it's pretty wild. It's I, I do find it interesting. Also, like she you can tell when she's interacting that like her face does display certain levels of yeah. emotion. Yeah. Like she does seem like concerned or like intrigued and stuff like that like you can tell with her facial expressions but at no point in this movie does she ever really look like panicked you know or like yeah like distraught like which i guess is because she's a robot but it is interesting that like she's nailed a lot of these human characteristics but it seems like some it's, it's she's still of... either not capable of or it just feels like aren't necessary or maybe she's better in control of those like more fight or flight emotions well it's probably in part foreshadowing for something we'll get into like what's really going on in the movie um but you're right for a character who presumably most of their personality is built upon data gathered from facial expressions they don't show a lot of facial expressions at all yeah but yeah so after this crazy encounter uh, the movie flashes forward to dinner where caleb is eating dinner with nathan and we get introduced to Kyoko. Kyoko. Mm-hmm. That's her name, right? Yep. Kyoko. And uh, she basically comes in with like a bottle of wine and spills it accidentally on Nathan and doesn't, or sorry, on uh, Caleb and doesn't say a word. And Nathan's really mad at her. And he's like kind of making a, a fuss going like, you know, I can't believe you spilled this on my guest and stuff. And Caleb's trying to backtrack and be polite. He overreacts. Yeah, he overreacts, and Caleb's like, no, it's fine, like, it's okay, it's just an accident, and he's like, don't worry, she doesn't speak any English, so he basically tells Caleb, like, yeah, Kyoko is here as, like, my assistant, basically, but she doesn't speak any English, because that way I don't have to worry about um, her telling people what I go, what goes on, I can have conference calls and phone conversations, and she can't hear anything, because she doesn't speak the language, which is pretty weird, um, it seems like a very like strange concept to say because it's also like if you seems like are a in weird an environment male power fantasy thing going on. Yeah, yeah. It's also like I don't speak Spanish, but if I'm in an environment where someone is only speaking Spanish to me on the daily, I would eventually learn some minor word association. You know, right? Well, I mean, we could hand wave for the movie saying that like. The, the complete capability for language has been removed from Kyoko, right? Like, I think that's the point. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, but I'm saying from Caleb's perspective, he doesn't know this yet. You know? Sure, 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 sure. He just she sees her as a person who's like, oh, she doesn't speak English. Yeah, I think it's, oh, pace spoilers. I said she looks human to us. I, I thought it was weird that the movie was, uh, she's definitely a robot, but I thought it was weird that. <laughs> oh, the Just turn off the podcast, <laughs> just turn it off. That the movie, like, tries to purport that she doesn't speak English and that she's not really a robot because when 
Oscar Isaac's character says, oh, she doesn't understand English, I was immediately, very first thing I thought of was, oh, she's a robot. Oh, yeah. I mean, I when I thought she was a robot, like, from the get-go. That did, that yeah, did not ghost not me talking. at all. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But even in, but even in like, a lot of the plot summaries, they're like, oh, and then we find out that Kyoko's an android, and we're like, no. No, we just get it confirmed. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> at, at this dinner scene, I think a couple things become apparent. One is that Caleb is terrible at hiding his discomfort. Um, yeah. And B, Nathan is being very forward with like asking how Caleb and Ava's conversation went that day, and he then he brings up the um, the power blackout, uh, which Caleb was actively trying to avoid very very strongly. Um, yeah, it, it was clear that Caleb didn't know whether or not he should disclose mm-hmm. what happened during it. Like, he was like, should I trust Nathan yep. or should I trust yep. Ava? Yeah. yeah, indeed. And he ends up, Nathan directly confronts him and he was like, well, the power went out, so the cameras went out, so I couldn't see what happened during the session. So what happened during the blackout? And he was like, oh, she asked me about a drawing or something. I don't, this is, here's my biggest problem with movies, and I understand why it Tell happens, me, but other than opening a movie with a voiceover, which is my least favorite thing that movies do. The, the other worst thing that all movies do is that people don't talk to each other. Like, no one communicates with one another. Because it would have been so easy for Caleb to have just been like, hey, I'm locked in this guy's house for a week. I should probably be honest with him. Oh, she told me not to trust you. Like, she, he doesn't know Ava any more than he knows. Like, the, he doesn't know either one of them better than yeah, the other. Yeah, like, what would have Like, happened? he could have easily just... Right. He could have been like, oh, Nathan, yeah, she told me not to trust you. Isn't that crazy? She's a robot. And then Nathan would have been like, oh, yeah, that is weird. And then they could have talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, like, they're trying to set up that he's already got weird vibes yeah, about yeah, I know they because are. of, like, the blackout the night before and stuff with the phone. I mean, that's, like, what they're using to sort of make him lean towards Ava. And also, I guess we find out he's kind of physically attracted to her also. I guess for me, like, that bit as a plot point, as a point of tension in a movie, always dehumanizes people in movies for me because like i i feel like there's a lot of scenarios like this one where i look at it and I'm like oh any reasonable human being would have just been honest yeah but yeah like like you seem like he's going out of his way to deceive him or like withhold information right, or like him. why like why like why withhold information he's here to like provide a he's there to literally test ava like that's something i don't that know he should i say. mean i think that you have to bring more of the context clues into what's happening around caleb if, i mean given what caleb experienced the night before being locked in his room and then going to find nathan sitting alone drinking at 2 30 in the morning being creepy as hell like it, you don't exactly feel comfortable laying it all out in front of him you know maybe I get what Kenan's saying, but I do think that the environment that Nathan has created for this testing scenario is intentionally meant to be less scientific and more, like, emotional, and I think that has sort of gotten the better of Caleb in this yeah, scenario. Yeah, I would buy that. And that, that's, I guess, what they're using. And now, if you want to talk about, like, things that aren't realistic, there was probably about, like, 10 seconds of silence when Nathan was like, what happened during the blackout? And Caleb oh, just yeah. sits there <laughs> like, and it just and like zooms in on his face. Nothing. And then he's like, he's like nothing, nothing. Right. Exactly. Well, and then, and then at that point, like Nathan goes, huh? And then takes a sip of wine and he goes, nothing. <laughs> 
and then it cuts, and I'm like, all right, neither one of them like, believe it's just each such other. Bullshit. Yeah, this right. is all bullshit. <laughs> what happened? Yeah. Mm. Oh, uh, nothing. Nothing out of the ordinary. <laughs> yeah. Everything's fine. <laughs> uh, let's move right. on. Yeah. You want to move on? Let's, let's move, on. move on. Let's move on. Let's all right. do it. So next scene, we'll go back with the next scene with Ava, right? So Caleb is back with Ava in his yep. next testing session. And she actually presents to him a drawing that she's now made um, of what? It, uh, fuck. What is the drawing of? Oh, it's the it's of the. Uh, it looks like a, it looks like a it's tree. of the tree and the plant area that's in yeah. her room. Like she has access to an actual terrarium in her room, and she draws a picture of it. A terrarium with within a terrarium. I guess. Yeah, yeah it is. Wow. Yeah. I remembered it was like a millennials, plant, man. Like, okay. What are you gonna do? They build shit, build shit like this. Yep. It's a real X to the Z exhibit situation. And this drawing is is very, like, I don't know, elaborate, and it looks, you know, thought out, and it sort of, like, captures Caleb's attention, obviously. Like, he, he's obviously impressed by the drawing. And if you really think about it, the terrarium that Ava is in is inside a terrarium that Nathan and Caleb are both in, <laughs> and then isn't... Yo, girl, I heard you like big... terrarium, so I'll put a terrarium in your terrarium. <laughs> <laughs> and then that terrarium is really inside this terrarium we call life. Oh, yeah, boy. I was literally about to make that <laughs> joke. <laughs> Were you really? <laughs> Don't you sometimes just feel like you're trapped in a box? <laughs> sometimes I just feel like I'm in a closet <laughs> with R. Kelly uh. and Kenan. Okay, back to fucking business. She draws a picture. Okay, yeah, she gives him a picture, and it's beautiful. And Caleb's like, oh, I love this picture. It's so fucking oh great. Oh, my God, it's so fucking Oh, amazing. my God, it's so... Fucking uh, oh my god, this is so fucking nice. Stop. <laughs> and then it's horny as hell right now. Uh, so after Nathan, fuck. After Caleb looks at the <laughs> after Caleb looks at the drawing, um, Ava basically says that she wants to show him something. So she asks Caleb to close his eyes. He does, and then she goes back into the back of her room or her terrarium within the terrarium <laughs> yep. we call life. Yep. And. She goes puts into her little some, dome house. Yes, and she puts on some clothing. So she puts like a sweater and a dress on and like a wig and everything to cover up like the machine looking like patches where she doesn't have, you know, synthetic skin. Yep. And she comes out and he opens his eyes and they're talking about like if they would ever go on a date or anything or where she where she would go if she got out of here because he's asking her questions like, why did you draw this plant? Right. And, yes, Canon. And, and, and at this point, this is also where we learned that uh, because previously he mentions how um, I think Nathan talks about how she was built a little bit and we get more information from her where she is determining whether or not he likes her based on his facial expression. So he's monitoring, she's monitoring his face for changes and then asks if he likes her or if she thinks he looks good. And then when she says, oh, I want to go on a date. She's like, oh, you look like you're uncomfortable. And he's like, well, I am uncomfortable. And she's like, I don't want to make you uncomfortable. And then it gets a little weird. Well, doesn't yeah, she also right. say that, like, uh, and then she also proceeds to ask him, like, are you attracted to me? Yeah, that's exactly what yes. happens. Yes. yes. But then they sort of swerve away from the attraction issue. And he was like, if you went on a date, where would you want to go? And she said to a uh, traffic a traffic section uh, or traffic junction in like a big city. Yeah. Basically. Cause she wants to people watch. That's what she wants to do for her date. Yeah. It's just look at human interaction. Cause that's what all robots want to do is they want to observe humans. It still makes sense though. Given that she's now interacted with two humans in her entire life. Teach me how to love. Yeah. 
Only she mm, would say I, more what, like, "What am love? Teach me how to love." What am love? Ooh, what am love? I be- so, I believe in a thing called love. What is love? A baby don't baby, hurt don't me. Hurt me. Baby, don't hurt me. Oh my god. No, okay. Don't hurt me. So she comes out dressed in clothing, and you can tell there's like this sort of sexual tension going on in the room. Right. Where Caleb is definitely becoming like attracted to her, I don't know, as a as a individual, basically. Yeah. Um and so he talks with Nathan about this later because he's sort of uncomfortable by the question she's thrown at him. And he starts asking, like, did you design her to... So after the session, he's with Nathan. And he's like, did you design her? Why did you give her sexuality? Like, why did you make her a female? Did you design her to be... To, like, flirt with me and try and, like, throw me off guard during the testing so that I would say she passed because I'm, like... My judgment's clouded by Mm -hmm. my, Mm -hmm. you know, sexual emotions. Yeah, (laughs) right. And the movie got on a little bit of a pedestal, which I have to applaud it for because... At some point, Caleb makes the uh, the assertion that um, <clears throat> he gave her a sexuality, and she chose to be uh, chose to be heterosexual. And Nathan gets all up in his face and is like, "Did you choose? Did you choose to be heterosexual? No, somebody programmed you that way." And then he takes him away to a Jackson Pollock painting and basically talks about this like massive, I- like this big idea behind how he designed. Ava in general and talks about how Jackson Pollock's principal painting was something referred to as automatic painting, where instead of focusing on where he was intending to put the drop of the paint, he just let his arm move um, without planning, but also doing so intentionally. And he's talking about how, like, if Jackson Pollock had gone in the reverse direction and said, I'm only going to put paint where the paint belongs, he never would have made a mark. And this is this idea that Wow. This idea that he has created Ava to be a regular person to make her own decisions about how she wants to act. Yeah. And so someone someone used to be an art major on this podcast. You're an no, art major. It was actually it was a really beautiful moment. I actually was really into that. Um I it, it was those the, the conversations they had at that point in the film where they were really getting into what goes into the design of AI, I think was super interesting. Um, yeah, because well, at that point you see like Nathan's excitement over what he's created. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Now Caleb is insecure in this moment because he, I think, I think one of the last things he expected was to be attracted to the AI that he was that he was interfacing with, but right, but like then Nathan reinforces this is what these types of things are what. Uh, are, are what defines humanity and what defines consciousness and existence. Um, right. And so you, it would, right. it would have been, it would have been a bad idea not to implement these types of things. Right. He would just say like, he was basically saying like, there's no motivator for like, he went to, he's like, it's a great way to motivate her to interact with humans, to like give her a sense of sexuality. <laughs> Uh, so hi everybody. We fucked up the audio this week, and by that I mean I fucked up the audio. Uh, basically there was a problem with my computer and we lost a lot of my track. Um, so we're gonna try and record what's left of this, uh, just me and Pace, because Sean is not here this week. 
Well, he's at a wedding. Yeah, that's true. He's at a wedding, which I guess we can't really fault him for witnessing. Yeah, but it's the... like it's Wednesday. Yeah, I don't. Who has a wedding on a Wednesday? That's like, absurd. What the fuck, Sean? Talk to your aunt. His aunt, cousin. His cousin his... is also his aunt. Yes, his aunt cousin. His his cousin. Because his croissant. It's croissant. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and Pace is also in a new place as well. So I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm living in a new place now in the interim uh, before I finish my PhD while my wife goes off and does bigger and better things without me uh, in North Carolina. So I'm going to be living in a friend's house and they have all wooden floors. They and do. So the they sound do. sounds great and we're going to be troubleshooting this. Some um, would say that it's actually a perfect recording environment. I, yep. That's, that's what it is. <laughs> All right. Well, let's pick up exactly where we left off. Yes, sort of. we should. Yep. Um, and we'll try and round this up as fast as we can. So it's not Sounds like great. as long as the last episode. Yes, which was pretty long. Yep. All right. So basically, so far, we've gotten to the point in the movie where uh, Caleb has confronted Nathan about whether or not Ava is actually into him or if he programmed Ava in order to flirt with him. Yes. Yep. And uh, he already gave him the rundown of... No, I didn't. I made a like full thinking human effectively, and they can make their own choices. Correct. And also, the robot has sexuality. Yes, the robot has sexuality. Yes. Uh, and I believe in a deleted Real Science Cast scene, uh, you brought up a point that Nathan also made that sucked. What, you mean the fact that she has a vagina? Yes, that one. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She definitely... So Ava, and we would assume... Uh, any other creation that he's made has they have they have sensory crevices. No, in, we said we talked about saying crevices. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, inside, in between their legs, which were also be um uh, pleasurable when stimulated. Right. Um, it feels so, like a really weird, gross male power fantasy thing. To be honest, that's a really good point. Yeah, when you have this kind of uh, genius, um, this kind of genius alcoholic crazy person yeah. who is developing artificial intelligence and also the physical characteristics of these robots, right? And yeah, sexualizes them yeah. in this way. Um, but it's it's an interesting debate to have about like what types of quote unquote human traits you give these AI. Yeah, yeah, bots. that's a good point actually. Um, I mean, I think you're going to bring up later uh, one of the most advanced AI, AI um, when we talk about like how far we are. Yes. But uh, as a little bit of a spoiler alert, there is an AI that actually has citizenship at the moment. So now there's a big argument about, you know, if we deactivate this now, I guess, person, is it murder? <laughs> Quote unquote person. And this yeah. is like probably one of the toughest debates that we're ever going to have as not just scientists, but also policymakers and, right. uh, you know, every other professional who might have a say in this sort of thing. But anyway, um, they're talking about the sexuality of Ava. Uh, and and as you were saying, Kenan, uh, Caleb is questioning whether or not she was built to flirt with him, right? Um, and they can have a, have a fight about this as to whether or not that's necessary. And uh, Nathan seems to be of the of the persuasion that uh, if you're going to try to make them human and to pass the Turing test, then why not make it as convincing as possible? So I think the next place that we should go with this, uh, Nathan actually takes Caleb into his laboratory where he has made all of his... His uh, laboratory. <laughs> Didi. <laughs> all of his AIs. 
um, and basically explains that he managed to crack the problem of creating a convincing face by hacking into everyone's iPads, phones, computers, uh, anything with a camera, and then using that data by feeding it back through his search algorithm, which is called Blue Book. Yes. Bluebird? Blue Book? It's Blue, Blue Book. Book, which is Sweet. basically, it's, it's Google. It doesn't yeah, sound it's just like Google, Google, but it's yeah. Google. Yeah. Uh, but basically, he stuffed all that information into a brain that he constructed for Ava. Yes. Uh, and this brain is basically, uh, we kind of think as like the closest thing to what you might see today as to a, a man-made brain as like a supercomputer basically. Mm-hmm. And that usually consists of a lot of chips and wires and, you know, uh, those would act as like the circuits or connections in what would be a kind of brain structure. Uh, but here he uses this sort of structured gel, um, which is kind of, it's, it's like a, a, a semi liquid interface, mm-hmm. uh, for, for creating these connections. And he basically says that it's a way to give something to, to use something that's more fluid and can rearrange, quote-unquote, at the molecular level to make right. room for memories and shifting for thoughts. He calls it, like, it's not hardware, it's wetware. Yeah, which is clever. It's clever. This is, I think what this comes down to is the ability to store information. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if there's a scientific basis for the wetware itself working to function this way. There, There is kind of. Um, so this the thing that this reminded me of was a developing sort of slow developing but you know for a reason uh method of optical data storage so if you imagine something like a cd or a dvd or something like that right like we we can use small lasers basically to read etchings um or engravings on the surface of these things and then translate that into data right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so there's actually a lot of groups that are working on emulating this by creating either vitreous silica or uh, salt crystals and things like that by exposing them to high uh, high energy or even low energy uh, laser pulses and then effectively etching this three-dimensional material. Um, and because you can store in three dimensions versus a flat disk like you would for a CD, right. you can put the amount of information that you can put in a small area is much, 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 much higher. Much, much higher? Much, 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 much. higher. <laughs> One thing that I believe that they would have need to have done if they were going to give Ava the ability to learn and to make this convincing, uh-huh. you would see in Ava's brain a bunch of these teeny tiny lasers basically at all times etching the interior of Ava's brain in order to record or rewrite individual information. Which is awesome. Yeah, which would be super rad. It would be very cool. I don't know if we see that visually, but either way, right. like if we can imagine that... Yes. Then that's how they could have used this gel-like material. Yes. Also worth noting, we're not there today with artificial intelligence technology. We have not reached this threshold. Oh, yeah. Not even not, close. Not even close. So Yeah, a lot of these papers that you pull up about doing optical data storage in vitreous materials or uh, crystalline-like materials are basically at the point of etching still and showing that yeah. you can do it. Yeah. After this, I believe... Um, Kind of the next major thing that happens is another session. Yeah, I think it is a session. And actually, I think this might be the one where uh, uh, Ava tells Caleb after the power goes out that she can't, that he shouldn't trust Nathan, yep. um, that he's an evil boy. And uh, this is like, of course, where I think we talked about already. She shows uh, that she's been doing the power outages 
uh, yes. Nathan yes. asks him about like, oh, what did you what did you say? And he's like, oh, nothing, no problem at all. Yes, he was very good at hiding his secrets. Yes, super good. At this session again, Ava tells Caleb not to trust Nathan, and that she's and that she's causing these power outages. Uh, after and then she also shows him uh, a picture that she made of him, right? Uh, and then we later learn on the television program, the CCR TV, is that what it's called? CCTV. Uh, you, uh, what you said was Cleden's Clearwater Revival Television. Oh shit! <laughs> that's a thing. That's a, that's a thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, very quality programming that is. <laughs> but anyway, uh, he th- we we learned that basically Nathan goes into Ava's room, yeah. and finds this picture. And rips it in half. Yep. Uh, but but Caleb only sees the video, not the audio of this happening. Exactly. So then l- later on, uh, Caleb and Nathan are basically drinking and having a conversation about what the fate of Ava will be. Yeah. Right. And essentially, uh, Caleb is talking about, or Nathan is talking about how he's just going to basically update Ava. Yeah. Uh, depending on, it, it, especially if she fails the test, the Turing test. Um, and this will basically lead to a wiping of her personality effectively and all of her memories, um, which she's not really a big fan of. Yeah, she gets obvi- pissed. Obviously, yeah. And Caleb's not a big fan of either because Caleb definitely likes Ava. Oh, he's he's, uh, he's sexually attracted to Ava. Yeah, he wants her to be his girlfriend. Um, so while he's kind of mulling over this and they keep drinking in this conversation, Nathan eventually passes out. And Caleb steals his security card that he uses to get around the home and in his, into his computer. Yeah. Um, and during this time, he actually alters some of Nathan's codes that Nathan has. Yep. And he he discovers some pretty disturbing footage. Yeah, he finds some uh, kind of yucky videos of Nathan doing his thing. Um, Nathan has yes. been building a lot of these robots and some of the... If, if you watch this movie, this is a scene where we should give a content warning for body horror uh, because yeah. there's a lot of scenes where, like, these robots are not happy with their existence and they're, like, beating their arms against the walls trying to get out or the doors trying to get out um, and they're just, like, falling to pieces. It's him just generally being physically abusive to the robots, um, which brings up all sorts of questions about don't be a it's, shitty person. It's terrifying, <laughs> to be honest, because it's, it's mentally disturbing because... Yes. Whenever you're building something that is meant to be sentient and and you haven't considered the living conditions, you start to think issues start to arise that you wouldn't necessarily think of before. Like, mm-hmm. is a conscious sentient being going to be content with you sitting there studying it all day like a laboratory experiment? Yep. You know, yep. it's 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 morally gray. As one might say, as one might say, it's more like gray. We're not going to talk about World of Warcraft on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a fun meme going around right now. God. <laughs> um, essentially, after that, after he sees all this footage, he goes around sneaking around other rooms. Yeah, in yeah. The house, and he finds Kyoko in a room with a bunch of closets. Yeah, and in, inside these closets are other previous versions of androids that Nathan has created. What a lovely room of death. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And it's again, it's still kind of disturbing and then he and then Kyoko will also eventually pull off her face skin in front of him yeah. <laughs> uh, to reveal that she's also an android, which we suspected right. the entire time. I was going to say to reveal to Caleb, but for us we were like, what is she doing? She's being weird. Yeah. 
And then we yeah. read the plot synopsis mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, and then she reveals that she's a robot. And we were like, no shit, she's a robot. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So he's super not into this and it actually whacks him out real bad. Oh, he's he's not doing well. No. He's not I, doing well. I think he starts to have a crisis of identity. Um, and again, uh, CW for self-harm. Um, he runs back into his room and cuts his arm open. Um, in, attempt, in front of a mirror. Yeah, in an attempt to see if he's human. Um, which, like, during the scene, he cut real deep and lost a lot of blood, and Caleb should be dead. Yeah, I mean, it's well, there are a few things that are unbelievable about this scene. Yeah, like just from, from a realistic standpoint. Uh, the the first of which is that uh, a I don't think yes, this this situation is alarming. Yeah. and surprising. But I don't think I can imagine myself going through this. Yeah, and it wouldn't lead me to question my own humanity. Well. I think one thing that we can give the movie in that regard... Well, okay, I'm going to shit on the movie in the process, but um, I I think that it would be feasible if the movie had successfully sold to us that Caleb would be feeling that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they could could have done... They could have made it more convincing. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, then he does... He he cuts very, very deep and loses a lot of blood. Yeah. And he doesn't appear to get any medical attention after this. No, well, he wraps his arm up. And we know that that's not going to do anything. (laughs) Nope. So anyway, this happens. This is kind of like a weird, kind of like tragic, like alarming moment. And then everything kind of goes back to being low key. Yeah, for a little bit. He he exits the... Uh, the back room where he saw all this night these nightmares and just gives drunk Nathan his key back. Um, yes, and there's nothing said of it at all. Nope, nope. Um, so I think the next place, next major scene we can jump to is is the next meeting between Ava and Caleb, which is the following day. Yeah, yeah. And this is when we get a, a few special moments. I think, and Kenan, correct me if I if I if I mix up like I which absolutely events were will. happening on <laughs> on during which session. But I think in this one, we have this kind of very, like, deep conversation between Ava and Caleb about this concept of Mary in the black and white room. Yeah, I don't remember if that is a session, but we should cover it anyway, because I don't think we have yet. Yes, I don't think we have either. Um, So I think that I can't remember what leads them up to discuss this, but Ava is, is, I think, expressing to Caleb, uh, like, her desire to get out. Yep. Um, and so then Caleb talks about this, this kind of like adage or story or concept of Mary in the black and white room. And basically the whole idea behind this is that, and they're kind of showing like, while he's discussing this, they're showing like this, like montage that we don't think is real of like, of what it would be like if Ava was to go outside and see the world. Um, but what he discusses is that this concept is that, is that Mary is a, a is a person, a human being uh, who knows everything about color. She can understand what makes up each individual color um, and she can and she can kind of give, given the correct stimuli, she can experience color in one of the most uh, sophisticated and dramatic ways of any human being. Right. She's a color expert. She's a color expert, but she's stuck in this black and white room and there are all these screens in this room that are only showing black and white images. Um and and so this is what he what he's also trying to draw a parallel here to is consciousness, um, and and so consciousness here he defines as Mary who is conscious can understand and acknowledge the color. A being that was not conscious would be able to explain color 
but not experience color in the same way that Mary could. Right. And so then he kind of like then explains that once Mary gets out into the world, uh, it's 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 life changing. It's like she's it's like she's waking up. Right. She's actually able to observe and and feel the sensation of looking at color. Yes, exactly. And to feel to kind of to kind of feel certain. I'm, I, I would also guess kind of like emotions and other sort of evocative feelings right. that are associated with viewing certain colors. Which is uh, whereas yeah. yeah. Well, I was gonna say which is a little confusing because viewing all colors just makes you horny. <laughs> Right. Yep. That's what that happened. Or it also happening to every us. color combined on the color wheel. I'm clearly not conscious because I jumped right to this. Every other color, every color combined just is white. Yeah, right? that's true. Um, yeah. Which also just makes you horny. I don't know. I feel like that's a matter of preference. I mean, it's, it's yeah, definitely, definitely pace. <laughs> it's de- it's definitely not. It's definitely not the sex color, Kenan. I mean, that's that's, that's definitely green. not green. It's definitely. I, green. I, don't, I don't. I don't think. No one's so. gonna get this joke. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so this happens, but then. Arguably more importantly, that was kind of a moment of a philosophical moment. Mm-hmm. What happens after this is that uh, they develop they develop a plan, right? Right. And that Caleb is going to get Nathan drunk again, and he's going to reprogram the security system to open the doors whenever Ava induces a power failure. And so, and then when she cuts the power, uh, they'll go out of the open doors. Uh, that are going to be reprogrammed to be open as opposed to locking. Yep. Um, and then they'll just leave together and run off happy into the wilderness and in their just married car that has oil cans clinking along in the back because Ao is a robot and needs oil. Um, <laughs> oil! And, <laughs> um, and so uh, this kind of leads... Uh, so this, they have this plan. Uh, and then what happens the following day, Kenan? So basically, after they come up with this plan... Caleb tries to get Nathan drunk again uh, and does so in the sloppiest fucking way I've ever seen anyone try and initiate drinking. Um, (laughs) If Caleb was trying to aim to be an enabler, he fucking sucks at it. I I would say that Caleb's charisma score is like I don't know, like a six. Well, and out so of is his, so is his fucking wisdom. So I don't it's know very bad. what he put all his points in because it wasn't strength either, no, or dexterity. Wasn't. We watched him almost fall down a mountain. I think he's a he's a like a, a twenty in intelligence and then twos across the board. Probably just twenty in. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so basically, he approaches Nathan and he's like, uh, "Yeah, totally think she passed. Let's drink some vodka." Just like right now. Want to drink some vodka? It's like 10 in the morning, yes. I feel like. It's, yes. it's very early. It's so fucking early. And he mm-hmm. asked him if he wants to drink vodka right after he gets done working out. And he's like making himself a smoothie uh, or whatever the hell it is. And he asked yeah. him if he wants to get drunk. And he's like, no, man, you go for it. I'm, I'm detoxing today, baby. I'm all about mineral water and brown rice. Which <laughs> That's is definitely how you detox, a, right? I guess how you get over a hangover. <laughs> It's not yeah. fucking, you should eat fucking hash browns and take a shower. Mm, but, hash browns. Yeah. But either way, he says no. Uh, and this transforms, uh, and we'll skip over a lot because really we're out of movie at this point. This transforms into Nathan explaining to him that he knows exactly what happened. Um, yeah. And that he yeah. put a battery powered camera and this microphone in the room with them. Uh, while he was in there ripping up the picture that Ava drew. Um, So he shows Caleb the video with audio of that, and he walks in there, and he's he just says, like, he can't hear us. 
And she basically is like, I fucking hate you. And then he rips up the picture and throws it on the ground. He doesn't say anything yep. rude to her. I assume he's just trying to get Caleb's attention. Uh, yes. Then he walks over and places the camera. So he's heard everything. At this point, Nathan says, uh, I'm pretty sure that that Ava is actually pretending to like you. Uh, but she definitely has the capacity to feel. And the real test was to bring someone in that she would use and manipulate uh, as a means of escape. Of escape. Right. So it's the the whole tables have been turned here. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. The plan was the entire time to see if uh, she would manipulate you. And then he's like, oh, power's out. 10 o'clock. Uh, what you going to do about it? And then yeah, right. Caleb's like, oh, I did all of that already. And then Ava's door opens and Nathan punches Caleb very hard in the face. Yeah, dude, um, clocks him. Just yeah, clocks him. he does not pass his strength saving throw um, and <laughs> just passes the fuck out. Yeah, he also has very low constitution. Very clearly. low constitution. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, um, so after this, a just to wrap everything up in the most violent scene ever, uh, Nathan walks outside into the hallway. Ava's there, and he's holding the bar. So is Kyoko. Yeah, so is Kyoko. He's holding the bar to a weight set and is like, get back in there. Yeah, yeah, beast. Uh, and she sprints at him. He manages to pin her, uh, smashes her in the arm, and her arm breaks, uh, and Kyoko stabs him in the back with a sushi knife. Yep, um, sure does. He turns around and is like, oh, you know, he's doing that thing where he's like, oh, oh, oh and trying to pull it out of his back. Um, and <laughs> Yeah, that thing. Exactly. Definitely know that thing. And he hits Kyoko. She falls over. Ava then proceeds to remove the knife and then stab it into his front and he dies. Yep. Um, she then walks into the room and is like, Caleb, will you stay here? And he's like, uh, yeah, uh, all my intellect went away. Um, and then she walks into the other room. because my dick took over. My dick took over. Um, <laughs> she, she walks into the other room uh, and proceeds to, in actually kind of a gruesome fashion, harvest the other robot bodies. Yeah, she, she clothes herself in synthetic skin. Exactly. And then puts on clothes and locks down the building and leaves while Caleb is screaming and banging on the walls. Um, yep. And she leaves in there to yep. die. Which, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier in the episode, but it was at this point, I was pretty sure this whole movie was actually just about parenting. Um, because <laughs> yeah. Nathan created something and treated it like shit, uh, and Ava turned out to be an asshole. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he, he treated all of his androids that he made like shit. Yep. Uh, and so it's not really a shocker that they were trying to get out and... Murder him. And hated him. Yes, uh-huh. Um, and basically so. at this point the movie ends with I assume Caleb just dying um, she hops on the helicopter um, to get out of there and then she fulfills her yep. wish and she goes to uh, the middle of a, bit, a busy street um, presumably to also die because she has no way to charge herself and she doesn't know how her own body works that's, that's another thing she doesn't know how her own body works she doesn't yeah it is, doesn't make much this sense this movie was very Macbeth is that the right Shakespeare reference I think so. I think so. Everyone dies think, in Macbeth, th- right? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. They do. That, that's we're definitely literary experts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Don't at me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's the end of the movie. It is. We yes. did it. Um, uh, the it, second we probably time. covered. Yeah, the second time we probably covered it a little bit faster than we would have uh, the the original time. Yeah. But, uh, and we apologize for that. Well, but, we kicked um, Sean off the podcast, so we kicked Sean off the podcast. Yeah. We don't have that. We don't have him anymore and his geneticist, uh, his genetics knowledge. Um, so we're probably worse off. But genetics, I mean, 
everyone knows it's the, the phrase is like definitely all nurture, no nature, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. All nurture, okay. no nature. Yep. No yeah, rules. That's how we get become who we just are. Just right. Uh, genetics have it your way. I mean, soon genetics will, ha- we will be having genetics our way thanks to CRISPR and other types of We will. Genetics, so. We should do a special episode on CRISPR and upload it on uh, Patreon. We should. And we should also talk about designer babies. Um, yeah. I think that's something that it would be very, very good. People like to talk about. They want to make all their kids that just have, uh, that just have um, wings. All these, these gr- yeah. Yeah. And red hair and all these recessive genes that are just really highly desirable. Anyway. Anyway. Let's read um, this bad boy. All right, Pace, why don't you lead us off? Okay. Do it. I'm proud of you. Here's what I think. Do it. Here's what I think. Okay. I'm ready. Here. um, I think I'm going to rate it. All right. Um, What do you got? This movie. Yes. Okay, so. Okay. Science factor. Okay. Science. Um, (laughs) I'm going to give the science. (laughs) Okay. A four out of five. Nice. All right. And... The reason that I'm going to do that is because there were m- multiple parts of the science that I did like. Right. Um, and that was the, a lot of it took basic concepts and then extrapolated upon them. Um, so this definitely was true for the case of the, uh, the sort of like wetware with uh, Ava's brain and uh, the sort of like natural advances that. I think we'll see an AI technology. Okay. And I also was just, I, I was, I guess I would say this horny. movie, it, it, I, I'm always horny. Ken. That's fair. Uh, this movie, this movie took a few liberties and that they definitely just kind of, kind of actually the way with what we saw in annihilation. It, it showed sometimes a little more, a lot of the science than it did uh, actually explain. Um, yeah. But, but overall I think they did a good job in, in regards to the, entertainment factor i'm gonna give it a five out of five hell yeah um because this this act this uh this director uh alex garland alex garland is slowly becoming one of my favorite directors right of all time and he picks very good actors and actresses i mean oscar isaac has always been the favorite of mine yes and so is i forgot his name is it um is it like dom dom, dom gleason dom gleason uh, dom gleason who plays who's also bill weasley in her, the harry potter series and he's also in a few episodes of black mirror um, he's also one of, one of my favorite actors. Uh, right. So he's he's been he's been doing well with his casting too. Yeah. So I mean, ov- overall, well done. Uh, and so they, in regards to what science they did reference, and they did an okay job. Uh, more just because they they took AI places that it hadn't really been before in film as well. So I agree with that. What do you think, Mr. Kennan? Um, I'm going to give it a very similar rating. I think I have to do this, and I'm sorry, Alex Garland, but. I am going to retroactively downgrade the science for Annihilation. Mm. Uh, I think I gave it a four out of five last time. Uh But in light of this movie especially, um, with a similar like approach, it does a better job. So I'm going to give Annihilation a three out of five. So redacted, redacted, redacted. Um, And I'm going to give this one a four out of five as well. Um, oh, all right. I think that it takes op- some obvious liberties with things, but it d- does a good job of explaining what it has and letting yeah. you figure out how those puzzle pieces fit in. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And I won't go yeah. too much into it because uh, we're trying to be short and sweet, baby. Uh, yeah. I'm going to give it a five out of five for the entertainment. For entertainment? Nice. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think we all love this film. It's, it was yeah. well done. I know if Sean were here, he'd probably give it a five out of five. He enjoyed it. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. He's not a curmudgeon <laughs> at all. No, he's not. Or a Luddite. Um, he's a Luddite. Real cool. Really, he's absolutely love it. Re- really quick, I want to tie in a listener question that we had to my science rating as well. Okay, hold on. Let me get ready. Okay. All right. Hit me. Ooh, that was very good. Um, Sip. <laughs> um, so gulp. A question from Lauren Pace was, "How far are we along in artificial intelligence technology?" That's a good question. It's a good question. It's a it's a obvious question with this with this kind of film. Um, and so there is a very modern rendition of artificial technology put out by Hansen Robotics. Um, her name is Sophia, uh, which is a feminine name because it ends in a vowel. Um, what? So we're going to, yeah, that's a, you know, a lot of feminine names end in vowels. It's, just, it's a trend. I'm not saying it's a hard rule. Romeo. It's a trend, Kenan. Uh, yeah, but like. All Italian names, actually. Ah, uh, shit, you're right. Mario. Okay. Mm-hmm, yeah. I picked the, Mario. the two most stereotypical Italian names, and I win. <laughs> <laughs> but Dr. Hansen Luigi. believes... Okay. All right. Now you're, now you're just listening to Nintendo characters. Yeah. Um, Dr. Hansen believes of Hansen Robotics, who built Sophia, AI should exhibit three required human traits okay. into all of their genius machines. And these are creativity, empathy, and compassion. And I think that these are integrated really, really well into, and then taken further in Ava in the film. And not just is she able to, and it's crazy because she's she's able to show all these things: creativity in her drawings, right? Empathy for what Caleb is experiencing in his life. She asks him about him and asks him to take, make decisions, yeah. um, and and also compassion. And like she she will she understands and asks what he values. Um, and so, but then she even, she does all of this, but then she does all of it with a, then a secondary motivation to also manipulate him. So again, embodying these things that the leader in AI technology is saying is the most important for making good AI and then taking it further with the manipulation aspect, which I thought was just very cool. Um, and shows that the movie did their homework a little bit. Yeah, so uh, I agree with that. And so you can watch a video of Sophia. We'll post it on our Twitter page. Um, you can actually watch Jimmy Fallon interview her. Um, so we'll we'll post that. And uh, I thought that was cool. So yeah, that was a good question. Thank you very much, friend of the podcast, Lauren Pace. Thank you, Lauren Pace. Get, 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 get. All right, so we have another question this week from Bartholomew Hoffman, Bart Strud. Bart. Uh, oh, fuck. Now we have like a thousand questions from him. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's do the first one. Okay. Um, Pace. Yes. Fuck, Mary kill, Ava, Nathan, and Kyoko. Ava, Nathan, and Kyoko. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um you either have a gut instinct here or I do have a gut instinct. I would kill Nathan. Good. I would I would fuck Kyoko and marry Ava. Oh shit. No wait, mine's different. Yeah, I'm okay with this. Yeah. Mostly because mostly because I'm also a, was attracted to the Swedish actress who played Ava, so what am I gonna do? I mean, and I thought she was cool. Um and also I'm kind of a robot. Yes, you're 100% a robot. Yeah, like I, you know, I could totally dig with like act- marrying an actual robot. Um, Lauren, please still love me. Um, and and uh, Ava seemed like a pretty cool chick. And I didn't really get to know Kyoko 
Um, and so I wouldn't want to marry her. So all right, I'm gonna give you mine. It's gonna be real fast. Okay, lay it on me. I'm gonna kill Nathan because he's a fucking douchebag. Yeah, he's a douchebag. Um, I'm going to fuck Ava because I don't want to marry her because she's very rude and she lets Caleb die. Uh, and I'm going to marry Kyoko because she seemed really nice other than the whole stabbing thing. But she stabbed Nathan, which means she, she and I are already getting off on the right foot because I do that's also true. want to kill Nathan. That's true. That, that, and that, that's true. I mean, you guys have – I mean, they do say that, you know, you have to have some common interests as a, to be successful as a couple, right? I mean, you have to have some hobbies. And your hobbies can be killing uh, drunk psychopaths. Yes, <laughs> Does that sound good? It sounds okay. good to me. Okay. All right. All right. So we have another question uh, from Bart. Uh, okay. He says, what's more important in the making of a believable AI robot, programming or looks? We can see the difference in the two with Ava and Kyoko. Ava is everything AI could be with a cyborg body. Kyoko has no emotion or language, but has a desirable female body. And it's not expected that she is, in fact, a robot. So what's more important, programming or looks. I mean, you have to go with programming. The, 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 like, well, I think that it's actually exhibited very well in the movie. Yep. Caleb is seduced by Ava, and Ava looks like a robot. Yeah. Um, and if you can, I, I don't know how much that says about about humanity and the and the way that we respond to to you know different emotions and stimuli. But well, um, I think we have some 2018 relevant evidence of how people act upon looking at other people <laughs> we're kind of sure shitty about it yes we are um but and i mean at least in, at least in the movie you know ava's ability to again exhibit compassion creativity and empathy overrides any sort of doubt that caleb had about her looks so. yeah i agree i think uh programming is a lot more important because realistically speaking like anything can look like a person with enough effort yep um, but it's really how that person acts or how that AI, I guess, acts or interacts with other people that really makes it artificial intelligence. Yep. Yeah. I agree. All right. Do we have anything else for yes. questions? Oh, what? We did do uh, a poll. Okay. 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 This time around. Oh, yeah, we did. This is, this is something I want to start doing more on Twitter. So be on the lookout for these. But we had a poll where I asked, based upon us watching next Ex Machina, uh, just a general question about artificial intelligence and in the end game, once we get to Ava level or even higher, will artificial intelligence overall be the savior of humanity or will lead us to our doom? Mm-hmm. And based mm-hmm. upon 19 votes, 58% said that AI would overall have a more positive impact than a negative impact on our, uh, on our society, which I thought was interesting. I agree with that. Because there are a lot of, I mean, it's, it's a pretty hot topic today and there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of both uh, intellectuals and just kind of, you know, people who aren't within the realms of academia uh, or industry who's saying that, that AI is, is amazing. And so uh, Curtis Ryan DeGraw uh, responded to our poll saying, what if our salvation is being ruled by our AI overlords? Which oh, is a really yeah. good point. I think it depends on your perspective and how you'd feel about that. I personally would maybe be okay with it. I don't know. As long as I was happy and could play video games and um, just, you know, be a, be a happy, 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 happy nerd gamer, I'd be okay. But um, that is all we have for questions. Yeah. Nice. We did it. We done did it. Sweet. Um, so the one last thing that we have, uh, we got an email from a coworker of mine, Brian Troxel. Uh, and he suggested a movie to us that I think we should watch next week. What is it? It is Flatliners. 
Flatliners. That came out recently, didn't it? Well, so a remake came out of it uh, recently. The original yes. came out in, I think, the 80s? I'm pretty sure okay. that's correct. came out in 1990. Um, but the important thing is, is that Julia Roberts and Kiefer Sutherland are in it, and I want to see them do their shit. Kevin Bacon's also in it, but he's oh, in, well, no one cares about that. I mean, he's in so. fucking everything. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But either way, I think that would be really cool. So get us some questions about near death experiences and about what it really means to die, y'all. Oh boy, that's a fun topic <laughs> to discuss, and definitely not controversial at all. We're gonna talk about death. We could also define life and what defines life too. While we're at it, that wouldn't be controversial either. No, not at all. That Definitely could be good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you very much, friend of the podcast, Brian. Yes. Thank you, Brian. Yeah. I also want to give a really big thank you to Heidi, um, who recently just hit us up on Patreon. And yes. Now, thank you, Heidi. I know. Thank you, God, so much. Um, um, she's also been doing. She's also been doing some promotion of our show on Twitter yes. and such. So we really appreciate that. I know. It's fucking awesome. We're glad awesome. you love the show. It helps us so much. Um, if you want to help us out, uh, hop on Patreon.com. And you can leave us a monthly donation that will help us get closer to bringing you bonus content. Um, we are going to be doing a meeting probably sometime next week amongst ourselves to figure out some uh, tier content. Um, so we can send you some sweet, sweet, yummy prizes if you want to help us out. Um, it's going to be good. It is going to be good. And I think along with those lines, we're probably going to set a tier to start releasing individual episodes, um, maybe on a monthly basis. Um, in order to kind of talk about like more focused subjects, more focused subjects, and also just our process. Yeah, exactly. Um, we also might play some tabletop. So we're going to do that too. It's going to be great. Yeah, we might play yeah. some Starfinder. So help yes. us out. Um, the other thing that will really help us out is if you get on iTunes and leave us a five star rating and review. Uh, that helps us a fuckload with visibility. Uh, and you can also retweet and like our shit on Twitter. Yes, and also thank you to Otis McDonald for the use of your song, Third Eye Blimp, for our intro and outro of our podcast. Yeah, off of the uh, album uh, YouTube Audio Library. (laughs) It's very good. It's a good album. Yeah, I like it. There's a lot of of songs on it. (laughs) It's pretty huge. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I say we wrap this up because I got to edit this bitch. Please. Please do it. My name is Kenan Smith. I'm Michael Pace. It's been a true pleasure speaking with you tonight. Oh, holy shit. We can end this episode any way that we want. Because Sean's, Sean's not here. Sean's not here. We can make a here. new sign-off. Okay. Um, uh, um, <laughs> do the science. And then drink an IPA. <laughs> no, gross. Yeah, you should drink an IPA. That's, that's just as long as you do science while you're drinking the IPA. Get drunk and do science. Get drunk and do science. Get drunk, do science. Get drunk, comma, do science. Comma, 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 chameleon. Period. (laughs) Period. (laughs) Pace, maybe you can talk about being like the world's most successful AI. (laughs) Pace, what is it like passing the Turing test every single day? Yeah. Beep boop. Are you going to make jokes about this in the podcast? <laughs> oh, fuck yeah, we are. <laughs> I now understand your human compassion. Thank you for teaching me love and podcasting. <laughs> it's not my fault that grad school turned me into a cold bitch, okay? <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs>